0: Hello, I'm Josiah. And I'm Injuska. We were missionaries for seven years. Until we stepped back in 2019 to seek health and re-examine
1: our beliefs. Right now, I'm a Christian, but not an Evangelical. And I'm an agnostic, and also very much not an Evangelical. We are deconstructing and reconstructing Together. together. Listen to some of our key episodes, such as Deconstructing Together, Domestic Abuse, I Am a Survivor,
0: The Cult of ATI, Part 1 and 2, and dehumanized by purity culture.
1: Join us on our journey as we seek health together. Together. So, today we have um, a difficult podcast that touches on us right where we are right now.
0: So I wanted to do a podcast on PTSD. The reason is the last few days I've been really, really struggling. Actually, since October I've been really struggling. Um and I'll probably cry (laughs) but PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder we think of it as something for military Mm -hmm. that come back from horror zones war zones and it is absolutely for sure but I think it's probably more than that Mm. I think it encompasses more than that Um, so like in October my sister got married and it was a huge issue and problem with my family and caused a lot of stress and drama and then after that I spent like six weeks reliving um, my wedding and all the trauma and stress from that crying every day just feeling dark um, and trying to process and I'm like I just want to find freedom I have this huge boulder that's like spirituality religion connected with my dad and my and the emotional spiritual abuse that went on there and there's this huge mountain and I don't know how to tackle it and I need it gone <laughs> um and at one point after six weeks I decided I just need to pick up I need to stop laying in bed every day, um, crying and thinking about this and trying to figure out how to heal from it so I picked back up and just did projects. I mean, we're renovating our house because of the flood in October, in September. So I just tackled that stuff. And it helped. Uh, I was like, I don't know if this is healthy or not. Just setting it aside. But I needed, I needed to. I needed to get back up. Um, but then this week I've had more flashbacks. Um, and it's really... And from these flashbacks, I'm just down in the pits again Um, I keep crying all the time fighting off migraines Um, last Friday we had some friends invite us and we had supper with them and we talked they're also deconstructing but more from the Christian side uh, which I'm not Um, and there's a lot of talking like how can we be Jesus in an authentic way how can we start a church that is Jesus like, and I just sat there struggling. And then I looked down, and there's this paper with my food on it you know, like these waxy paper, and they make it look like newspaper. And there was some big letter that was the word fundamental, <laughs> which was like completely unrelated to religion, but it was triggering because I'm fighting fundamentalist Christianity stuff. Um, made a joke of it, ripped it off, threw it away. <laughs> um but my body just started shutting down. like It was just this physical reaction to to the conversation and to the word um, that I saw. And I, I came home. I just struggled the rest of that night at the restaurant. And I came home and I cried and I went to bed with a uh, starting migraine. And the next day I was completely laid out in bed uh, with this bad migraine. And I took so many migraine meds, different ones. And it barely touched it um just a complete physical reaction to religion (laughs) um and now the last couple days with this um with these flashbacks and i posted them on my instagram and my facebook but i just like can't seem to pick myself back up again i just keep crying and um I was chatting with someone and she's like it sounds a lot like PTSD and I'm like I can't how can that be like that's so dramatic that's so strong and I was telling her like I feel like I've been abused like spiritually and even on sharing it on Facebook and having responses was helpful for people to say that's abuse. that's toxic that's not right that's helpful but I can't make myself believe it like this happens to others not to me like we have a good family like we have a good friend at least you know and and now i'm just like is this ptsd like the restaurant reaction that migraine these flashbacks and i have to talk about it i have to get it out and this inability to to like just doubting myself like is this real is this for real like is this someone telling me people tell me like that is abuse that is not normal and or this is ptsd but i can't i can't make myself believe it and i have this image stuck in my mind and i you know we sometimes in therapy they talk about find like connecting with the little girl or the little boy inside of you um the childhood version of yourself and um i have not been able to do that at all until recently very very recently but now all I see is just this little girl crouched in the corner crying and sobbing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to talk to her but it doesn't work. Like it and I feel like I have this huge mountain that I can't dismantle. I can't take apart. And the flashbacks keep coming and the and the struggles and it's like I feel like I have to ignore it all, but I don't wanna ignore it anymore. I've been ignoring forever. Mm-hmm. I need to tear it down. I need to heal from it, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is this PTSD? Is this what it is? And if it is, what the fuck? btsd mm-hmm. from religion, mm-hmm. from evangelicalism, from fundamentalism, from being homeschooled, from being raised in a Baptist pastor's home, from being controlled and manipulated. Like, i have such and you talked about this in the broxy kb interview like you didn't mention my name but i know you were talking about me but like just this complete physical reaction to religion and i get that like i see i've had to unfriend so many people on facebook because i get so triggered and i i mean i told you a while back like i feel like i have to unfriend people from my mental health or else i can't I can't pick myself back up I can't yeah, live it's I it's too
1: costly for you
0: it's too costly and it sucks to lose these friends that have been friends for a decade or more but just react to it I can't handle mm-hmm. religion even words words like blessed words like thanksgiving mm-hmm. words like being thankful being, like all these words I react to so much mm-hmm. um, I can't just shut something down inside or recently being told um like just pray like I was, someone said i'm having a hard day pray for us and i messaged her and i was like what can i help with mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't say i was gonna pray for her because i'm not praying but i want to f- help actually help not just say oh, i prayed for you mm-hmm. uh, like do you need a meal do you need what do you need and she's like well just pray for us like even if you're doubting god's existence i believe prayer can help and i'm like Fuck off <laughs> mm-hmm. like i don't need this like
1: well even that meal there was something on the menu or oh, you mentioned that yeah okay yeah you're just struggling with so many triggers and so much there's so much chaos in your mind it, it does sound to me like post-traumatic stress
0: even this week i'm like gosh I'm late on three bills I'm paying three bills and that's not me at all like I'm an organizer I'm and i um, never late <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was kind of a symptom for me to see that to realize like this is where I'm at like this year I've read like 72 books but I haven't been able to hardly read anything the last two months I can barely listen to podcasts like I'm just at brain max um, and I'm like how do I go forward Um. I guess I wanted to do this podcast just because I want to talk about, about it. I want to talk about PTSD, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: spiritual PTSD. Like I'm saying it
1: out loud,
0: but my inside doesn't believe it. It doesn't, you know, people say religion is good. Religion is healthy. Mm -hmm. Religion helps people. Religion preys on (laughs) people that are vulnerable and need that group entity. And Mm -hmm. then, and then we say it helps them because it does help them. But this is the other side of religion.
1: Yeah. Um, well do you want to talk about the history of PTSD and sure. more about what it is I know it's a little bit shifting from emotional to intellectual but it might help like but this is why I
0: wanted to do this because it's real and this is me right now you're yeah. all struggling with PTSD and you've studied it mm-hmm. and you can talk about it
1: yeah and I can speak about it from a very personal perspective because in uh, 2014, when we were in Africa, I was kidnapped for an afternoon. I was kidnapped. I don't need to add. That we didn't it, know it would just an be afternoon. an afternoon. Yes, I was, you know, I was grabbed from the street and taken to a small room and threatened. And there was a portion of my memory that's blanked out. I don't know what happened um, from the point outside of the building to inside the building. I think I fought like a wild animal and um, I don't know what exactly what happened. Um... I got out of that situation, but I had seven years of very strong post-traumatic stress symptoms from that um, in the back of my mind until uh, it really got very significantly resolved through EMDR. Um, but that's um, yeah, that's that's my experience with uh, PTSD. I want to talk a little bit about the history of post-traumatic stress because. It's something that has developed over the years, over the last hundred years, really as um our understanding of psychology has grown, our understanding of how the mind can be broken has also grown. And it's really grown through the history of our wars. In World War One, people can and this is all available a great resource book is um The Body Keeps the Score. We'll talk a lot about this. Um World War One people came back from World War One with something they called shell shock where they had certain symptoms and they're physically they were fine but people like uh, would be irrationally um, fits of anger or they would just zone out they wouldn't be able to function in society Um, they would have night terrors nightmares Um, emotionally they would be kind of cold sometimes the symptoms would vary somewhat but people just they were mentally broken, that something very bad had happened. Before that, um, Freud had, or before that, psychologists had noticed something, especially in women, uh, similar symptoms that they just called hysteria in general. But when they saw a large number of men having these symptoms, and they started understanding it as something um, that needed to be looked at, and they called it shell shock, World War II came along, and people had even more of these symptoms. And that's when the term post-traumatic stress uh, was developed and they started understanding more about how the brain responds when it's in a terrifying situation um, especially in a situation where you can't escape. When you are in danger your body will release uh, cortisol and adrenaline and it will amp you up into a situation of fight or flight where you're gonna get out of the situation and if the danger is uh, more powerful than you, but slower, you're gonna be tempted to run. If the danger is um, is weaker than you, you're gonna to wanna to fight. But if the danger is both stronger and faster than you, then it triggers this other response of uh, freezing. Of And that's where your mind can really, that's where the really bad things happen in your mind, when you can't get away from the danger. It's overwhelmingly strong. It's there's nowhere to run. And that's when the mind. um, The best way I can say is it just kind of breaks down Um, and those memories of what happens during that time when you're stuck, you're trapped, you can't get away. They get stored in the brain in a chaotic way. It's not stored like a normal memory. It's stored kind of all over the brain in a chaotic way because your brain can't process it like a normal memory because it was such a traumatic event. Um, after the Vietnam War, there was even more research on post-traumatic stress. And as people got more and more research done with it, they started noticing that in domestic abuse situations, there were children that, were, that showed exactly the same symptoms of um, irrational uh, outbursts of rage or being completely shut down or um, having um, triggers and flashbacks to, to various things. And uh, and now recently in the last 10 or 15 years, uh, there's a term called religious trauma syndrome where people are researching how this intersects with religion and how religion can create that situation where you can't escape, you can't fight it, there's nothing you can do, or some of the messages that you're told are just so incredibly unhealthy, um, that it creates that that situation of feeling incredibly trapped. And then um, the memories come back, and or those images or the, those messages come back in an incredibly hurtful way much later on. Um, when I was... When I was really struggling with post-traumatic stress, um, I wrote a blog post on my blog, com called My EMDR Experience, and uh, I said it was kind of like if there was a traumatic murder and the parts of the body were cut up and put all over the house, and so I'm going to do dishes, and I'm just having a good day and I'm doing dishes and all of a sudden I see a hand that's just cut off and all of a sudden I remember this murder that happened and so everybody else like nobody else sees the hand only I see the hand and it triggers something in me and I I go to that terrible memory of this murder and this rotting hand that's in front of me and then in my mind I'm continually trying to put that body back together I'm like okay the hand is here the leg is here I'm trying to put it back together. This is what I was trying to do in my mind. Like part of my mind was continually trying to get out of that room in Africa, trying to think of what I should have said, what I shouldn't have said, how I should have phrased that or how I should have done the situation differently. Part of my brain was continually lit up with that. And that is part of post-traumatic stress because the mind is trying to figure out how to get out of this terrible situation where I was stuck. I couldn't fight. I couldn't run. And, um, that's what post-traumatic stress is like. It's these memories come at completely irrational times. If there's some sort of a trigger, sometimes if there isn't even a trigger, you just, you trip over a memory and all of a sudden you you have this, like a rotting piece of, of body in your hand that you're like grossed out by. And you're like, how do I fit this to the rest of that? Because what you want to do with terrible memories is put it all back together and then seal it in a casket and say that was bad but it's in the past. And it's just really really hard to have a funeral for these really bad memories. It's hard to that's what EMDR was able to do for me. Um maybe we can do a podcast on that later. And hypnotherapy to some extent too is able to like kind of put the memory back together, say this is what happened. It shouldn't have happened. But you know, that was then, this is now, I did the best I could, um, and we're going to close the door on that. It's easy to say, but the reality is it's extremely hard to do. It's hard to, and a lot of people struggle with this. And, um, yeah, I think that it's it's something to bring awareness to is just how much people can be damaged in situations where, like, it's all, like, it, it makes sense in a war, course like you were shot at you were in danger it makes sense if you were kidnapped like I was okay well you were in a situation you couldn't get out it makes sense in domestic abuse okay well you were sexually violated or you were hit or something like that and you but you wouldn't think that in a situation of religion that there was that sort of situation but it very much creates that situation when you're told that god is strong and angry and your dad is you know angry sometimes and you're told that um you're a worthless sinner and you're told i mean all the messages of religion um can very much create that feeling of being trapped and feeling like you're bad and feeling like there's no way to fix the situation yeah
0: and i think with ptsd like um, one of the things that people say with PTSD is to avoid triggers. Mm-hmm. But when it's religious, PTSD, religious trauma syndrome, how do you even do that? It's everywhere. I know. Everywhere, like I've gotten rid of all the religious stuff in my house that was mine to get rid of, not yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. We go on Facebook, and it's there. Go on yeah. Instagram, and it's there. You get together with people and it's there
1: mm-hmm.
0: and people mean well mm-hmm. wanting to encourage me and come alongside me and help me and I appreciate that but it's like just forgive them and then you can love Jesus more or or that was not true Christianity that yeah. was abuse or but it's like it's like being told well what you experienced was not normal. This is normal. Come yeah. back to the normal.
1: It kind of invalidates the experience, doesn't it?
0: And I don't mean it like that. Yeah. But it does to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I can't make sense of it in my head. Like mm-hmm. it's all a jumbledness. mess. Um, this summer I tried to get into it with a therapist, the counselor, he tried to go into that direction. And I spent two weeks crying every day mm-hmm. until I told him about it. And he's like, okay let's not ignore all this but let's put it in the box and put it on the shelf for now yeah. until you have the resiliency to be able to take it back out and do with it mm-hmm. but then this fall it's come back out with my sister's wedding um which my family was not invited to um but i was there and i supported her and i gave her the support that i never got um and i walked her down the aisle and all, i did all these things and i was so happy to do that Mm -hmm. but it brought up all the stuff I had buried from my wedding and um and the abuse there from my dad and the control and manipulation and the spirituality being used to to do that I mean like I have the authority from God so I'll do this like there's just so many hurtful memories from that I still can't stand weddings I I have nothing from our wedding on our walls never have Mm -hmm. um it's not something to celebrate (laughs) in my mind um and that just unleashed a lot of things and i'm still a mess from that um picked myself back up and then the next trigger comes so it's like you put it back on the box for how long how long do you put it back in the box on the shelf and i'm a stubborn person (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i'm tired of having it on the shelf I'm mm-hmm. tired of ignoring it. I'm a thirty seven and I'm still taking out the fucking shit from my life
1: mm-hmm.
0: from, and not just my childhood. This has continued until I moved far away from them a year ago. Mm-hmm. It has still continued until then, not with the distance, it's much easier, but that spiritual abuse is still there. It's yeah. still happening, and it's still and I'm putting distance to a lot of religion stuff but the triggers are everywhere so how do you heal how do you i don't want to have to avoid triggers my whole life but at the same time how do i do this like religious trauma syndrome very helpful term that we came Mm -hmm. across um kind of a ptsd i think
1: yeah well i think that religious trauma syndrome what people are realizing is like there can be you can get fucked up on so many of the overlapping levels that it's hard to untangle.
0: How? How do you even untangle it? I don't know how. I don't know how. And like, even being told, "Well, keep the good of the of religion of mm-hmm. Christianity and let go of the bad." It's like, how do you do it when it's completely mixed together? It's all one. You can't take it apart. Yeah. so I'm kicking the whole thing out and then and I get I you need to. some criticism for it but how do you not throw out the baby with the bath water when it's not a baby and bathwater? it's not clearly defined like that mm-hmm. it's not it's all mixed together I can't even think of how but like you can't untangle it
1: yeah I think you just need to throw it all out
0: And I listen to a podcast like the one you did with Broxy KB so good like a good version of christianity where you love people you love people you love people it's not about the judgment the more you're into jesus the more you should love people not the other way around the way we see it i'm like okay that sounds great but it's too late Mm -hmm. it's too late i've been so abused by it Mm -hmm. and i'm so hurt and traumatized and affected with ptsd from it Mm that it's too late I can't all of it is a trigger Mm -hmm. Um, and it feels weird to ask to do a podcast when I'm in this in this um, place Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's real and I just want people to know that it's real and normal people that seem completely normal can come crashing down with it when Mm -hmm. it crashes down on their life
1: yeah.
0: And at some point you can't ignore it anymore. Yeah. And I don't know how I'm going to deal with it, but part of it has been finding my voice and it's these podcasts.
1: Yeah. Um, and something about PTSD is, and something that was mentioned in the book, The Body Keeps the Score, is that two people can go through exactly the same situation and have completely different results. And like there's examples of two brothers in a car accident, very similar. One rebounds and he's fine. The other person has debilitating um, anxiety for the rest of his life. Husband and wife in a car accident, they both had post-traumatic stress, but he had post-traumatic stress in that when he got triggered, he had like he wanted to fight and he had anger and he was very aggressive. When she got triggered, she would just... Bypass. She would just zone out. She would just completely go to a different place. And uh, it's not a weakness to admit that, okay, some other people might have had similar experiences and they had different reactions to them. This is how your body's reacting. And it's okay and we need to face it. And um, on a completely different note, this stupid war on Christmas... If you ever just step back from our culture and think of it as not a Christian, like stop complaining. There is Christianity everywhere. <laughs> like there's, anyways, that's a, te- 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 <laughs> but
0: it's like stop fighting for very Christmas, stop fighting to put Christ back in Christmas, put Christ back in Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: That's another thing. I mean, If, if I could see some Christ like Christians, that would do something. <laughs>
0: There are some, but... Um,
1: yeah, no, I'm not saying there aren't any Christ-like Christians, but...
0: They tend to not speak up. They, Yeah. They tend to be quiet and mild.
1: Yes, and so what, who we hear is the angry, nationalistic, culture warriors. They're the ones representing
0: Christianity, and they're yeah. the ones leading the evangelical movement.
1: Yes, they are. They are the leaders, absolutely. <laughs> so... um. If we think about post-traumatic stress and I think you're struggling with, could I be having post-traumatic stress even though I've not been hit? I haven't been sexually violated. I haven't been shot at. I mean, here's some of the things you have experienced and and like, does this sound like a little girl getting trapped? Does this sound like a little girl being assaulted with ideas and, and being put in a place where she can't win? This little girl had no choices. She was told she had to submit and submission at that point meant turning off herself, turning off her sexuality, turning off her mind, turning off her ability to make decisions, turning off her ability to have a relationship with God, where she, she had ideas and religious ideas different than her dad. She was told that she could have no blessing if she stepped out from under the authority of her dad. Her dad changed her mind all the time, which meant realistically, That she would lose blessing. She was told that there was a heaven and there was a hell. She could go to the hell if she stepped out from under this authority. She had this pressure to evangelize, which meant that she had to even lose friendships and sacrifice huge aspects of her life and her family to try and tell people about how to get into heaven. She was told that her entire social acceptance was based on keeping people happy, keeping her dad happy, keeping the church happy, keeping the smile on, and again, turning off herself, turning off her her true self, and keeping silent about her story. She was told that as a woman, she can't teach, she can't have a voice, she can't do anything that would be seen as not submitting to her father or her husband, or anything that would reflect poorly on the church. She was told that she was blamed for um, if a man lusted after her, her body was very sexualized and her body was very dirty and she had to cover it. And she was told that... And there was no way to get out of this because she was told that this is the only way to see things.
0: All those things and... As I listen to that, it's like all those things, all of those things, so so much, but I listen to it and I'm like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. That is just a little bit of the tip of the iceberg that you can pinpoint right now. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a crazy amount underneath that. Mm -hmm. There's so, so, so much underneath that. Underneath those things. It's way more. Way more than that. Mm. Um, it's
1: a whole lifetime.
0: It's a whole lifetime. Of twisted. Messed up. And the consequences were huge. Spiritually. They were huge. Mm-hmm. I mean if you step out. From under your father's authority. And doing his will. Then you're going to be attacked by Satan. Mm-hmm. And they use the umbrella. And that kept me in bondage a long time um but there's just so much more to that than those ones okay i'm not sure i'm at a place to talk about all those different aspects that were there but like being hung up on because you tried to have a voice with your dad in a discussion Mm -hmm. so he hangs up changing towards more freedom as still a christian and being told that you're rebellious and your younger siblings can't talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Being told that you're changing while still in Bible school. And so they, your dad calls the Bible school to complain. Being walked on during your proposal because he changed his mind and no longer gave his blessing. Yeah. We were both adults and he stopped you from proposing mm-hmm. because he took his blessing away so if we got engaged then we wouldn't have his blessing we would be attacked by the devil yeah and a marriage would be cursed and then him changing his mind and we got engaged and then him changing his mind again and calling a mission and organizing a mission trip for me Mm -hmm. during our wedding instead of our wedding being just non-stop non-stop these are a few examples off the top of my head but Mm -hmm. like I mean, I posted some on my Facebook the last couple of days that I don't know if I will get into on here. But, like, I went to work with a mission to get, for a year as a young adult, to get experience that I could have as a backup job. My dad always said I needed to have a backup trade. So if my husband left me, I could have something to support myself with. Mm-hmm. Talk about negative yeah. wording. This, but college was frowned upon so I did this internship never got what I was supposed to mm-hmm. used up all my savings to be able to do this you were
1: just a slave and labor
0: I was slave labor meanwhile living with the which
1: happens really commonly yeah like. all the time
0: I lived with a founder and his wife and I was criticized for everything it completely tore my self esteem and I tried to talk to my parents about it my dad about it but there was no he didn't get it you just like you just tough it out Um, which actually, before we left for Africa, his last words to me, the last, the day we left, I think, was like, don't call me complaining that it's hard and you want to come home. And going back to that young adult mission trip for a year, mission, like, when the founder that I lived with had a problem with me, he called my dad, even though I was an adult, and my dad calls me and goes off on me. Because it's the popular person's word over his Mm -hmm. daughter's it was just nonstop stop being used to evangelize others through my name mm-hmm. to family members sending them books in my name because it would be better received and then I get the flag for it that's so wrong I look back it was so wrong like you don't evangelize in your kids name use your kids to push your agenda yeah there was these are a few
1: mm-hmm. of the
0: iceberg mm-hmm. like it my counsellor tells me just write letters to your dad like that you don't send but outlining some of this and I've realized like my relationship with my dad is extremely connected to religious trauma syndrome. Yeah. And my religious and it's like I started writing and I got to three pages and I was wiped out. I couldn't do any more and that was still just the tip of the iceberg. Like yeah. it and most of things can't I feel like can't even be written out. They're yeah. so intricate. They're so detailed. They're so manipulative they're so underhanded mm-hmm. um, gaslighting they're just and I just crashed this year mm-hmm. like we've stepped away from mission we've stepped away from the church and it's allowed me the space to be able to go there and I don't think I even ri- necessarily chose to go there it mm-hmm. just crashed it, it was just crashed Yeah. and I fucking hate that I'm 37 It's was 36 when it started before all this all these years that I feel are wasted Mm -hmm. all these years that I have to process and now I'm like well now what? Mm -hmm. now who will be my friend? now who will get me? now who Mm -hmm. how will I proceed forward? now how do I raise my kids? like it's it's fucking messed up (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I've posted some stuff on Instagram or Facebook about religious trauma syndrome but it's real it's Mm so real and that's why we're doing this podcast because there's issues yeah I would need to highlight it
1: and the two things that that makes me think of is like for one thing we've talked about narcissism and as as you talk I'm thinking well there was your dad and there was the leader of that mission you talked about that was two narcissists and narcissist recovery is a real thing you know when people come out of relationships where they're linked like that's what can't be communicated in this little list is like when you're when you're tied to a narcissist that one day he's smiling and he's so excited. And then the next day, all of a sudden he walks in and instantly everybody in the room stiffens up because they can tell he's in a bad mood. You know, you
0: yeah, learn to read the
1: moods and like you still get triggered when I snap my fingers. Like when I, sometimes I can't remember what I was trying to think and I have this habit of snapping my fingers like, oh, what was that? Or and you it, use
0: your sweet voice and you're like, yeah, Jessica, I need to talk to you.
1: <sighs> I try so hard <laughs> not to do that. Um it's not your responsibility, I know it's a trigger, I know, and it's like I mean, yeah, but that's what can't be under that's what's hard to understand is when you're linked to a narcissist and you're told you need to submit to this person and you need to give your heart to this person, and this person's the most important person in your life, and he's the person that's speaking for God on your behalf, and he's the person to give you blessing and all these messages, but then that person is a narcissist like that just mind fucks you in such a terrible way yeah and then the other thing i'm thinking like there's a reason we keep talking about cults yeah because i think that's the best way we can understand and i mean the way that evangelicals study cults is look at their ideas their ideas are wrong but i think what we're doing is look at how they they control people yeah that's what's wrong and like uh there's a the book called the boy who's raised as a dog um and there's a chapter in there about the Waco, Texas cult, the mm-hmm. Branch Davidians, I think. Like, I read three sentences and I just shut down. I couldn't handle it. And that touches on my spiritual trauma. But I think it would be similar for you. Reading a book about a man that completely controlled the children and the women and the men in his religious community. Yeah. And all of the ways. And psychologists are just kind of still trying to figure out exactly how to deal with these people because they're used to like one thing okay you were shot at in a war you have post-traumatic stress syndrome we'll deal with that but then like okay well here's here's sexual abuse okay well that's a whole another thing okay well here's you know emotional control here here's being told all these bad messages about god and hell and and you know like there's just so much shit and it's all overlapping yeah And the best way to look at it is like deprogramming from a cult, which is like, yeah, but he had good theology. Well, like who gives a fuck? Yeah. It's It's not
0: about the head knowledge. No. It's about how it's communicated, how it's practiced. It's about the actions.
1: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the ways that I've healed from post-traumatic stress. But again, like my stress has been more straightforward. You know, I, I was kidnapped was bad, you know, and even raised, it's like, well, you know, I had a terrifying dad, you know, so it was like, it's more straightforward, but I did find help from EMDR. So maybe listeners want to look into that. Uh, hypnotherapy really helped me a lot. I know some Christians are scared of the word hypnosis. It's not hypnosis. It's just relaxing, telling a story. Um, but two other ways that it's ICU doing is talking about it telling your story this is something that does help people because like what's what's wrong what like what the problem is is your brain doesn't know how to process it it doesn't know how to handle it there's so much pain there and it doesn't make any sense so push back against the voices and just tell your story and who cares if somebody's offended who cares if you lose friends this is your fucking story and the other thing is recreating scenarios um where you can have a similar experience, but like if people can go into a similar situation, but this time they win, that can really, um, that can be a really healing journey. And I see you doing that too. You're having no. discussions, no. but you're not just being a victim. You're not just laying down and taking it. And so, no. well, even no. being
0: with family, like being like, you uh, your, I don't even know like they've said there's been different things said with between siblings that don't get me right now it's like oh you're just having a stupid midlife crisis or something mm-hmm. It's like no you don't talk to me like that like I actually said fuck off until you're able to have a decent conversation without twisting the table and trying to put words in my mouth yeah like
1: so that's not being the good Christian submissive no. person no
0: it's trying to reclaim not me <laughs> yeah.
1: and it might not feel like it but I do feel like that is reclaiming your space and working towards healing Mm. I guess we're done we have a
0: we tried to podcast around our kids but um, once in a while they're just done this is the two year old making nice music in the background so we're going to wrap up and
1: I'm going to go cry and I'm going to go get a coffee and maybe chocolate can I just say (laughs) you don't have to ever be a Christian never thank you you never ever have to be a Christian you never have to say I'm a Christian you never have to come to a church you never have to read a Bible
0: you're not gonna be just friendly to me just because you think it's a phase I'll pass like come back to church
1: I believe that God is love I, I don't think that God would look at you and say because you can't do these things you're going to hell that is not God A broken reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. This is my God. So don't feel that pressure that you need to do something to make him happy. He's already happy with you. And he is fucking mad that this bullshit system in his name, that does this to people.
0: It's not right.
1: It's not right. And you never have to be part of it.
0: I can't ever be part of it.
1: Well, good. Good. anyways (laughs) anyways
0: anyway. <laughs> this is not <laughs> we're
1: supposed to wrap up
0: we're supposed to wrap up We're just being vulnerable. it's an honorable podcast but it's okay because I know someone out there needs to hear this
1: yeah and somebody has a husband that or a spouse that is struggling to understand just engage with the pain and don't try and fix it we don't have to fix it we don't have to have the right ideas we just have to understand that people are hurting
0: just support them just do support
1: them as as human beings that are hurting
0: and if you can't support them then just distance yourself
1: yeah
0: don't try to be mean yeah <laughs> just distance yourself if you can't support someone
1: yeah and if if somebody struggling like this causes you anxiety deal with the fucking anxiety instead of trying to fix them yeah anyways
0: thanks for listening to us today um stay tuned for more podcasts where we talk without crying <laughs> and
1: okay. listen to some previous podcasts we have great things to say all right have a good day guys bye, bye.